Not much. How's how's your day today, buddy? Is it better than yesterday? But wasn't yesterday such a good show? I mean, there are so many good memories from oh, just from last night's show. Don't you agree? Well, I guess because James is quiet, he agrees. Um, in case, what? That's that's right. But before we continue, let's let let us have a little bit of flashback of last night. Beautiful, wonderful, fantastic episode of the podcast. It was just yesterday here, that horn. It's the kind of horn that you don't forget. Don't that horn sound beautiful? So, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> but yes, the Yankees are down 5-2. Jordan Montgomery straight sucks. Two RBI hit by Mike Talkman. Garner so far two hits. But it looks like the Yankees... Yankees are probably going to lose this game yeah. because of the 9-3. So, um, it, it happens. Um, now, before we bring in our guest, uh, David Grubb, um, you know, I just want to give the folks a reminder of the new lineup starting August 17th. By the way, that's my best friend's birthday. Um, at 6-9, you got Keyshawn, you got Jay Williams, and you got Zubin. From 9-11, you got DCR, Dave Rock, Dave Rothenberg, Ricky. Sanchez too. The 
the captain save a whole mentality for Gary Sanchez and Gleyber Torres, I do not understand. Right now, Gary Sanchez is literally batting .69. That's his batting average. That's like two hits, man. He has one RBI. I will say this, though. The Yankees are going to be playing some pretty good pitching in Tampa. They're gonna be Glass now, oh, Glass now, Glass now, um, Blake Snell, and um, Maca- um, not McCall, um, Charlie Morton. Those are some really good pitchers. Morton and Glass now, I'm worried about. The last time, the last time we faced Blake Snell, I, I believe, I believe that, I, I believe this was the last time he pitched in Yankee Stadium. Oh, and that's a, never mind. Because oh, it is a two-run home run for the bitch, Gary Sanchez. Oh, he's back, and now the Yankees are down by one run. See, just when you think you're out, they pull us back in. But I, but as as I was saying before, Gary Sanchez really interrupted me. Um, <laughs> the last time I believe Yankees faced Snell was, was in Yankee Stadium, and he pitched a third of an inning. He gave up like six, seven runs. So Blake Snell does not does not worry about that is a home run. I don't know what they're thinking. Brian Price needs to stop it. He he's he's still mad that he's no longer a manager for for the Cincinnati Reds. So you gotta stop. That that definitely is a home run. There was no fan to interfere. You know. So. Yeah, that's a home run. Of course, that's a home run. You know that's a home run. Your 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 um, your unborn child knows that's a home run. The, the bum down the street, try, try, trying to wash his dirty feet. He, he he even knows that's a home run. And t- today we started back at the tournament of champions. Yogi Berra tied Bill Belichick. So after so after the pod, we're gonna do a ten minute. Round again and see who wins. But tonight we are having on a great guy who you know it, I know it, the whole world knows it, that Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer. And and if he does become a Hall of Famer, it's only going to be because his last name is Manning and he played six good game, games in his NFL career. That's it. The rest of his career and it's official, was mediocre. It's a home run. It's a home run. It was a home run half out. Half hour ago, it was a home run. Three minutes ago, it was a home run. Two minutes ago, it was a home run. A minute ago, you can't challenge stuff just to challenge stuff. It's stupid. It makes you look bad. Well, well, now the Yankees are down within one, and David. This is what I say about David Grubb. For his basketball knowledge, David Grubb is a good guy, and I'm sure we'll be talking a lot of things NBA, talking about who, what they see from the bubble and whatnot, which is cool. But Eli Manning will be a Hall of Famer, whether you like it or not. Deal with it. I, I, that's a hill. Nobody wants to deal with it. Him. Nobody wants to deal with it. Well, that sucks to be you. You're just mad that your bum Patriots couldn't even beat Eli. Hell, you could even beat Nick Foles. Whoa, whoa, all right, all right, listen, 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 relax, relax. A person, a person cannot make the Hall of Fame based on six career games, all right? I'm sorry. You can't. It's not possible. Eli does, Eli does have the stats. He does have the stats. If you look at, if you look at his stats, he's in the top ten in every single 
major quarterback statistical categories. So he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, Dan Fouch. Where, where Fouch. is he in those top ten? Is he in the top three of those ten? What do you mean the top three? No, he's like, he's like six. He's like, he's six. That's six, not good seven. enough, man. Dan Fouch is in, Dan Fouch is below him, and he's a Hall of Famer. I don't want to hear it. Because Dan Faust is a San Diego star, no, no, okay? Yes, Dan Faust is a boss, bro. Dan Faust is man. Dan Faust never had... Has Dan Faust ever had 25 picks in one season? Yes, he has, actually. Yeah, he has. Three times, actually. Well, Dan Faust is a West Coast stud, all right? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Dan, no, Dan Fouts don't, don't need to explain himself now, to anybody. Oh, now I gave you some stats. You know, well, 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 no, 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 That's not how this works, kid. That's not how this works. You're just mad that I gave you the facts, and you got proven wrong, and talked and grounded out like a little bitch. It's not and, my fault. It's not my fault. If you're, if you play on the West Coast, you're a stud, all right? Oh, word, 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 word. Right. Okay. Play, okay. play in the West Coast okay. or or grew up in the West Coast. Well, Brady's not a Hall of Famer, so it doesn't matter. Really? Yep. Really? How? He how? He cheated. He cheated all those rings. Oh, stop. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. You're, you're, embarrassing you're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. How? How? Sorry, he did. How did he cheat? How? Tell me. Tell me. Spygate. The flake gate. First of all, first of all, first of all, Spygate is on Belichick. Yep. No, that's on Brady. Nope, Brady. it's on Belichick. No. The flake gate is not an issue. Keep going. Go ahead. Keep going. Spygate. Bill Belichick. No, that's Brady. Nope, the Belichick. It's on Brady. Nah, you just, you just. The flake gate is not a thing. Keep going. Keep going, go ahead. Nah, keep going, go ahead. Keep going, keep going, go ahead. Keep going. You just did. I just, I just told you, those are two big things. That's Spy it. Spygate is on Belichick. That's not on Brady. Nah, it's on Brady. Nope. It's on Brady. How? How? Yes, How? Because he's, How? he's part of the team, right? Brady's part of the team, right? Okay, then. He's part of the team, right? There's okay, no logic then. in that statement right there. Is Brady part of the team? Yes or no? I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm giving you factual evidence, sir. You're giving no factual evidence in this claim. Everyone knows Spygate is on Belichick. Everyone knows nah, that. Somebody. No, you're, you're wrong. You're super wrong. You are so wrong. You're just mad because Eli Manning is only maybe a Hall of Famer because of Los Angeles Manning and because of six nope. good games. Nope. Top 10 every yo, 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 you know what, you know what, we, 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 we are about to continue this conversation with David Grove, and David's about to pro- probably not only spit in your face, he's, he's probably going to punch you in the face as well. We're going to fight on this hill, I'm sorry, we're going to fight on this hill. Well, bring him on. we will fight to the deaths. Oh, oh, and by the way, on... On the 21st of August, we're going to have Kyrie on the show. Just thought you'd like to know. Kyrie! I love it. He's back. Is it going to be like 5.30 because he has to do some Carlin? 
Um, not sure. Because I know that he has to produce Carlin. That's why I'm asking. I don't know. All right, well, get David a glove on so I can fight to the death today. All right, you little female. Quarterbacks get unbanked credit. Quarterbacks get unbanked credit. 
Look how few like, offensive linemen are in the NFL. Look how few, look how few safeties are in the Hall of Fame. Look how few quarterbacks are overrepresented in the Hall of Fame. Joe Namath don't belong in the Hall of Fame. That's what I was about to say. So that's what I'm saying. This is, you're proving my point by telling me that, oh, because they made, your, your defense is they've made shitty decisions in the past. So let's continue to make shitty decisions. And then, I mean, then what are you saying? That that's what we're supposed to do is to continue accept mediocrity and, and just because that's it has a polish to it, a shiny turd is still a turd. And and Eli Manning would not have done anything for any other team in the NFL. Dan, if he didn't have bad fouls during those years, he ain't shit. Let me ask you this. Dan Stout is a Hall of Famer. I think yeah. Dan Stout deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Curtis Martin, yeah. You can make a case. I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Terry Bradshaw. So Bradshaw's overrated. Bradshaw's clearly overrated. That's what I'm Troy saying. Aikman. Bradshaw Troy Aikman. Bradshaw should be overrated. Troy Aikman doesn't belong. That's what I'm saying. That's, so that's what you're saying. It's proving my point. All you're doing is my point. Is that you don't make bad decisions because bad decisions were made. But they're going to continue going to do that. There are people even this year that made the Hall of Fame. That you're gonna look and be like, well, they, they shouldn't be all day, but that's how it is. Like to me, there's no reason that you cannot explain to me why Sam Mills is not in the Hall of Fame. Explain to me why Sam Mills is not in the Hall of Fame. Listen, I can't. Listen, there's some things I can't explain. That's what I'm saying. It's because the Hall of Fame, but he's going to be the because people who pit them, it makes it makes no sense. It makes absolutely you know no worth it. You know what's worse than this? Is the basketball hall of fame? But that's even oh, that's worse. worse because the absolute worst. That's worse than the NFL hall of fame. Because, I hate that. At least because if you look at it, Tracy McGrady shouldn't even be a hall of famer. Like you look at Grant Hill, he shouldn't be a hall of famer, but he is. There are, this, there, there this are, is the thing. This is the problem with the hall of fame is that it's the Naismith basketball hall of fame. That's what I'm saying. So you need to have the NBA hall of fame. The NBA needs its own hall of fame. And an MVP 
and Young was so much further accurate than everybody else in his time. And he set the bar for the lefties as well. So it's like he had more yards and touchdowns with Jerry Rice than Joe Montana did. Drew like, Brees is overrated. Drew Brees is absolutely overrated. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't disrespect. Drew Brees in the top three. Hear me out. Hear me out. Look at the teams. Look at the teams Drew Brees has had. If you give Tom Brady, even last year Tom Brady, with Michael Thomas. No, no, no. No, no. Look at his stats. Over 4,000 yards, over 20 touchdowns. Last year, last year the Patriots did not lose because of Tom Brady. He had nothing. He, he had barely nothing to throw to. He had barely nothing to throw to. Look at the stats. He also was 42 years old. All right. Who's the quarterback? Who's the quarterback? Ryan, do you want to know Ryan Sanders? If you're asking me how to do, like, this is how I do quarterback. Because I think the quarterback position has been different throughout the history of the NFL. Okay? So that's how I, I do it. Because I think that's a little error to error. Because now, Dan Marino hitting for the 5,000 yards in 1984 is the equivalent of Babe Ruth hitting 60 home runs. It, it was an unheard of proposition. Now you have... Any quarterback essentially can throw for 5,000 yards. Okay? So like, Not any quarterback. Matt Stafford, I'm a Lions fan. Matt Stafford has a 5,000 yard season, and he's on pace to average yardage record. Okay? And no quarterback who's thrown for 5,000 yards in a season has won a championship, ever. So, I'm sure with that, too. Okay? So, I divide the NFL into these different eras. The first era is the pre modern era, not with that Otto Graham. Did he won more championships? He really, he, he's like the father of the modern passing game. Second one is John United. Invented the two-minute drill, called on his own play, champion. He's the model for the modern quarterback. Then you go, then I would say the next group is Joe Montana. Joe Montana was, is, is, you know, set up the, what, the, what now the NFL has the West Coast offense. He made it the thing. The accuracy, the winning in big moments. Joe Montana was the scariest quarterback for a decade. If he had the ball, you believed Joe Montana was going to win. That's just how it was. And then, I, then you start talking about Coach Montana. Then it's by by Mark. It has to be Brady because I mean it's not Favre. I think Favre is overrated too. Yeah. The second half of Favre's career is all bad losses in the playoffs. It's all bad losses in the playoffs. Same with Brady. You're talking about for Drew Brees. You're talking about a guy who has only played in one NFC Championship game since the Super Bowl win. One, one
And the fact that he doesn't, he has, he has a mediocre record against the Panthers. Cam Newton was, was actually had a winning record against the Saints up until last season when Cam Newton was shit. He doesn't, he, he, I mean, the only quarterback in the division he dominated are from Tampa Bay and from Atlanta and Matt Ryan. And, and he's not going to dominate Tampa anymore. Ain't that sad? Slider or whatnot, you know. You know why do you think Cam, Cam, Cam has to stop doing that? He has, he has to change his style. You can't do that. Cam doesn't really want to run. It's the fact that having a shitty line in front of him, and they had how bad is Bill O'Brien as a coach? I mean, you give away to Andre Hopkins for like pocket change. Listen, I would have loved to have um, DeAndre Hopkins, man. I, I, like, if that's what it would take. When a team knows they have to get rid of a player, you're not going to get a good haul for him. They knew the Texans had to trade Hopkins. They knew it. They would not have worked well together. It would not have happened. They had they had no, a trade. They're showing, I mean, DeAndre told everybody, and Bill O'Brien confirmed it. The show never, I mean, DeAndre never actually put a offer on the table. All he ever said was, I want to be paid more than he wanted to be in the Julio Jones, Mike Thomas money area. And he, if you're, that's a reasonable ask from his end. And if you're saying on to him, you have a franchise quarterback over here. Okay, who's young, too, and you've already give, you already ruined Andre Johnson's career. 
Well, look at Calvin Johnson, same Andre thing. Johnson. I mean. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Calvin Johnson could have been something special, but you guys killed him. So terrible. Think of what you did with Barry Sanders. Yeah, but I'm, I, I, have Barry's autograph. I have to look at Barry's autograph on my wall, and I sit there and every time, and, and I'm just, yeah, but at the same time, though I hate that we wasted Barry's career, I hate that the Lions wasted Calvin Johnson's career. I'm just, I need to be grateful that I got to watch him play. Don't but you I think? That and be like, hey, I got to watch that guy play. Don't you think the Giants are also kind of wasting Saquon's Barkley career because he oh he, he reminds yeah. me like Barry Sanders, home run or nothing. Why, why are we talking about why? Why are we doing? Because we, we were just talking about, about Barry Sanders and Saquon yeah. has that home run or nothing Saquon, quality. No, 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 leave Saquon out of it. So, David, what's your thoughts about the Giants wasting Saquon's career? What's what's your thoughts about the Giants wasting Saquon Barkley's career? Oh my God! I mean, the Giants. I, I I tell you this: if I had a, a running back and I've already gotten him hurt, um, I know that I'm going to have to rely on him a lot because I've put a young quarterback in front of him. Um, I'm getting him a coach with no head coaching experience. Which means that he's going to be putting you in a lot. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of third down situations, a lot of obvious run situations. I I I'm worried about him taking a beating. I I think they'll try to give him 300 carries this year, and that's Jesus. not good. Think about it. If you're playing this year in the NFL, and you know that you may not be able to count on any player from week to week from for COVID. Or they, they may leave, they may get hurt, whatever. I think teams are going to be more conservative than ever if they um, have – because coaches are thinking about, I don't want to get fired over doing this or that or the other. I think it's a very conservative – certain teams, teams that have new coaches, it can't be tricky because they, they've not had time to install anything. It can't be really super complicated when you haven't installed anything. If I'm the Giants, I'd probably look for at least 21 plays a game oh for Saquon. At least. You have to. You have to. And no, I'd give him 20 carries a game, but I'm not trying to do the, give that the habit of doing 28, 30 carries a game because this would be his last season of production if you do that. Anytime a guy needs to get carries and goes over 300, it's never the same. Sean Alexander, Larry Johnson. Well, what I want from Saquon Barkley. Nobody has ever said that Cam does anything but work in the locker room. 
and go to the film room. He's the, like every coach has said that he's the first guy in. So if you're that and you come to study, um, I think that he's not going to have any problems with Bill Belichick because you can clearly see the can working on his body physically. Yeah. You can clearly see that he, he's got a, a, something to prove. And what, if you're Cam Newton, who is not a stupid man by any stretch of the imagination, if you Cam Newton, you understand that even for one year, even if you, you, the Patriots don't view you as the quarterback for the long term, if you come out in one year and produce, look what that did for Teddy Bridgewater in five games. Okay? Look what he got for Teddy Bridgewater for five games in New Orleans, getting the Sean Payton feel of approval getting that blocker room to say he was fantastic and it got him $14 million a season. Okay, so if you're Cam Newton and if you get the Bill Belichick seal of approval, the Josh McDaniel seal of approval, and they say Cam did everything he could, his numbers look good, how much money does that mean for him in a market where you have so many quarterbacks who are about to age out? Phillip Rivers, is, I don't think Phillip Rivers plays another year after this. I think Drew Brees retires this year. I think Tom Brady is probably going to retire for this year too. Yeah. You're looking at a large number of quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger could be on his last leg. So, I mean, it, it, the ship is coming. And if you're Cam Newton and you're sitting back up getting 15 to $18 million and you win for the Patriots, you think about what his value could be in a place like, um, in a place like Washington or in a place like uh, Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers retires in the near future because it feels like Aaron Rodgers will play it much longer. That's rich. Aaron Rodgers is what, 35? 34, 35 years old, yeah. But he just feels like, it just, doesn't it just seem like he's not really, like after this draft, doesn't it feel like Aaron Rodgers is kind of like, how much more shit do I have to put up with? Yeah. You know, doesn't he, I mean, doesn't he just look that way? Yeah, it does. He, he basically got slapped in the face. For years, they haven't gave him nothing to work with. You give him no offensive players, you draft a quarterback, and you let other others go away. And that, that's the, you know, so if I'm Rodgers, why am I hanging around? You've made your money. The likelihood of a quarterback past 35 winning a Super Bowl is already minuscule. It just doesn't happen. Outside of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, it, it, it hasn't happened in the last 20 years. And so, like it's a so, yeah, so, I mean, and then think about Chicago. And their stupid experiment with, this, with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, do you think Chicago's going to be better this year with those two? Hell no. So, I mean, if I'm Cam Newton, I'm looking at Chicago, I'm thinking about that job, you're thinking about Cleveland, because Baker Mayfield's magic could be worn off at the end of the season, and if you have Jarvis Landry on one side, and you've got Odell Beckham on the other, and you've got Nick Chubb behind you, and you're Cam Newton, come on. All right. I mean, that's a place to consider. If you're Cam Newton, me personally... I would be happy with a Darrell Revis. One and done, win the ring. But also, but also, if you're a can, and, and let's just say the Patriots maybe not win, but at least go to the title game, why would you want to leave that situation? It's not his choice. It's Belichick's choice. But, but, that's, the, but that's the thing, though. Bill knows he needs Cam. If he thought he could do this without Cam, he would have stuck with Stedham. But if Cam is willing to take... No, I'm just saying the situation is very fluid with the Patriots. I would never bet on Bill Belichick to make a decision today about what he's doing a year from now. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. He's going to take in whatever information is available to him. And let's say he looks at his cap sheet 
And you know how he is. This is a guy who says, this is what I think this guy's worth. Now, Cam may come under that number and say, I've made plenty of money, I'm here to win, and I'm cool with it. And I, I wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. But Belichick could also, you don't, don't, what if Belichick decides to retire? What if he says, I'm done, and a new guy comes in and, and he doesn't want Cam? So, I mean, it, you just don't know what could happen in a year. I think Belichick oh, will give him every opportunity. That's, that's the part that I can be certain of. Belichick will give him every opportunity to prove to him. Oh, absolutely. And he should be the guy. If um, hold hold on, if if I'm trying to think in Bill's mind, and and it's very hard to predict that, but I would think if Cam has a good year, I I would reasonably believe that Bill would be willing to pay him at least twelve million a year. So if they were able to meet in the middle, of like maybe. 10 through 14 million a year for like four or five years, I don't know I why Cam, Annie would say I no to that. I think Cam might be willing to do the one year though, to do the Revis deal, to do another one year deal. You know what I mean? And just right. because the uncertainty of Belichick, even if Belichick hangs around, I'd want to be hanging around knowing what the situation was. And I wouldn't want to be tied into a four year contract if Belichick retires in year two. And all of a sudden, the organization says we're doing a complete rebuild. Well, that's what it would be based you know what I mean? on, so you know? Cam, you could take, take a short number because he has, look, Cam's made money. He's got money. What right. Cam wants right now is respect. That's what he, he wants. He wants to show that he deserves respect as a quarterback. He's got an MVP. He's got a Super Bowl appearance. He doesn't feel like he's got respect. Okay. So he can get that with the Patriots. He can get there with the pages. And for people who, who for, like, downplaying the Super Bowl draft, again, I say, go look at that team and tell me the top players on that team. Tell me the top offensive players on that team. And you're not going to find a decent one among them. Yeah, probably not. I agree. Um, talking about um, two falls, um, the Jets trade for Jamal Adams and what do you think Jamal Adams is going to bring for Seattle? I think uh, as a player... Russell Wilson has any reason to leave Seattle. 
his prime will be, I mean, like, again, he'll get to that age where he starts to take up too much of the cap, and you won't be able to rebuild around him. And do you think Pete Carroll's around much longer? Not even a 70s. So who takes over there eventually? They don't really have a running game. You know, so a lot of it is still on Russell. You saw last year, a lot of, he had to carry that team a lot of the way. So, I mean, I think he's a fantastic quarterback and he'll continue to put up numbers. But he may have to find a new situation at some point. But I think for him, he has a Super Bowl win in Seattle. He's the most, one, you know, the most beloved athlete in Seattle at this point. So, yeah. what does he have to leave for? Unless he starts getting hurt and they, or they get really bad, Involved in their competitive? Why are you still? I agree. Um, let's shift the games to the NBA. Um, obviously, the NBA is back. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be, hold, 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 hold on. Before. Hello? Uh-huh. Alright, so. so, so. Do you want me to pick up from my answer or do you want to ask the question again? No, no, no. I want to ask the question. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Be, before we get into NBA, I want. I, I want to stay with football. The ma- the main reason why I, I, w- I wanted David to come on the pod today was because about players opting out from from our discussion earlier. And do you think that if a player opts out in season, they should still get paid? Why? Um, you know, I, I'd be, I, I would say the same for most citizens around the country. You know, the reason we have a big problem is because there's no um, understanding of, the, of, of what people are risking. I mean, first of all, this is entertainment. And I have a problem with the owners playing poor on this um, and acting like they don't have the dollars available to them. I think the NFL and MLB in particular have been really bad at this. They've been really bad at this. And I think if the choice were we've created this environment that is going to be successful and we have done all the research and we can show you that this is protection... And the only thing doctors have said, and the only ones that have been successful at this point, have been the sports that have used a bubble-type environment. The NFL is not doing that. So in my mind, if you cannot provide me with a safe and a safe environment and I choose not to be in there, then you do have to pay me. Because your job is for me to... I'm, I would come to work if it were safe. But you're not doing the things that, that are safe. And that's a big difference than me saying... I choose not to work, though you have made that. And that's why in the NBA, I, would, I don't say those guys should get paid when they say, I choose not to because, um, you know, I don't want to be there. I don't want to take that risk. Or I choose not to because of social reasons, and I think I need to be out a part of this. I have no problem with that there. I have no problem with that. But if the NFL and MLB have not created those environments, and I talk to some sports attorneys about the liability of this, then there is a case for the players to say that that negligence is, could ultimately result in if somebody contracts COVID and you didn't put that in place. Which do you think would be more costly? Paying that salary in one year or going to a court and being sued for damages for somebody who gets COVID and has their career ended because maybe their lung gets infected and they can't breathe properly for the rest of their life? Um, do you think that maybe they're also not doing the bubble because maybe the players wouldn't want to be in a bubble? Does that matter? What is your job? Your job is to make sure that your employees come into a safe work environment. If you're on a construction site and I say I don't want to wear, and your employee says I don't want to wear a health uh, construction a hard hat, 
You tell them to go home. People wearing this hard hat. So if the players, you're in charge of the league and you negotiate these things. The players are saying they want want safety. You're seeing it. What did they say? They, they were hashtagging it all over Twitter. We want to play, but we want something safe. So why didn't the NFL figure out at least to compartmentalize this in some way so that you, because you still you have not eliminated travel, you still have a large population of people who are involved with the team. From trainers to the, I mean, you talk about 80 man practice rosters, you're gonna have trainers, you're gonna have coaches, assistant coaches, film people, all these things coming in and out of your facility. You have no quarantine, you know, you're not sequestering teams mandatorily to their training facilities, so they're able to come and go. You're not creating the environment that's, that's conducive to them not getting an outbreak. What if they if do all that? Orders, what if they do all that and the PA disagrees with that? Both sides. Why would the both players sides. Association disagree with you taking safety measures. They, they have not said that because at all. it would probably go into money too. The owners would probably want something that the PA the would say no to. The owners always doing that, and that's the owners' that, and we allow that to owners to do that. We allow owners to say, "I'm going to take thirty five percent of your pay and put it in escrow because we might take a loss." My father is a business owner. He told me from day one that when you hire people, you make sure they get theirs before you get yours. You're I, I agree with that. them first. And so the owners, for them to say that these billionaires who are not going to be suffering if this season were canceled, they lose some money, yes. But are any of them going to have to sell their teams next year? No. Are any of them going to be in a position where that was risk? Look, they're laying off their own office personnel over this. Then how, what kind of money management would any business be of that scale if one year of not doing this is where you make trillions, of, I mean billions of dollars in profit every year, $14 billion in profit last year, and you're telling me they couldn't survive this year? That makes no sense to me. Nah, I agree, man. Uh, I want to get, now I want to switch you with the NBA. Um. I want to ask about, A, what are your thoughts on the structure of the bubble, and B, what are your thoughts on the games in the bubble so far with the NBA? Uh, number one, so far you have to give them an A-plus because you haven't had a single positive test. Um, will that continue? I don't know. But I would say the same for UFC up to this point. They, even when they've had positive tests, they were able to identify those people and get them out. So I give the NBA a lot of credit for that. And they, they've been consistent in how they've treated players. When the violations have happened, they have reported them publicly, and then they've um, you know, done what they've had to do. Um, so I, I think that open transparency is important, too, for not only the players, but for the fans to understand and, and to trust that um, players are not getting lied to, that fans are not getting lied to, that nobody's suppressing the results. At, very, at the very least, we feel that. Whether it's true or not, will come to pass. But on top of that, I'd have to say, look, the games have been competitive for the most part. And there are some blowouts, just like any other weekend in the NBA. So I think you're getting basketball. The one thing I do like, I'm actually enjoying watching games with no fans um, because there's more room on the court. You don't have to worry about the constant distractions from the camera going to show you some celebrity, you know, somebody dancing in the crowd. I just keep watching basketball. You know what I mean? There's more room for the players when they go for layups, 
don't have to worry about a cameraman being in the way. You can go in the sidelines and not worry about diving into a crowd, except on the hockey version uh, sideline on the other side. But I, mean, I think it's, it's I think it's a great setup to play the game, and I think basketball is a perfect sport to be without a crowd because guys play basketball without crowds in the summer anyway. That's what they do. You see, same NBA yeah. players are in gyms doing open runs. So I think it's, it, it's worked. Um, the only thing that I do find corny is the virtual fan thing. I, I, I don't really like that. Now here's here's a question. I I mainly think it's working because it's the end run. If we go into next year and there's still no vaccine, with a full eighty two games, do you think they can get the players to buy in into the bubble? No. No. No, no way. There you go, see? That that's why this is working now. Psychologically that's too much. No person, no person. I mean, you don't sequester juries for that long. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you wouldn't do that. That's prison. And it, it might be the nicest prison that you can find, but that's prison. Well, look at the OJ trial. Look at how long they were sequestered for. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like it was going to end at some point, and but this is during a pandemic where it's not like. I, I just think it's a completely different situation psychologically. You know what I mean? I think this, this is death. This is life and death. And so I think psychologically, I mean, constantly worrying about your family and not seeing your kids and all these things and just being stuck with the same people every day, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a real problem to have to do that for those guys. That they, they would never agree to it. They would never agree to it. I think they would ask. And I think the NBA in of itself wants to have another 82-game season. So I would, considering how late they were continuing to push back the deadline before they announced the schedule for this, I would have no doubt that if Adam Silver thought it was in the best interest to have a complete season, that he could move it back all the way into 2021 full start and the season that finishes in the summer. So if we're, um, if we're around the same way we are now, how how would they go through a season next year if there's going to be no bubble? Are you saying that if we have the same exact conditions in, the, in this country? Are you, in, yeah. In, yeah. What, yeah. January, February? Yeah. Yeah. Shit, how are we going to do anything? Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Because it's a big possibility, you know? Leagues, the like, leagues got to prepare for that. Sports is the least of our worries at that point. We're still doing that. That's why we got to hope that life... By 2021 is somewhat normal. You never know, I man. Know. I'm, I'm just know. saying, you got to prepare now for the worst. A thousand people are dying a day up until 
I don't know how many people have died now. There are still plenty of people. Three four months, all people have been saying when sports coming back, and 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 hundreds of thousands of people have died. One hundred and fifty thousand is a hell of a lot different than one point eight million. That's yeah, true. I think once you go to one point eight, I think everything changes. Now, David, now I'm now I'm gonna be a black hat old guy. Let's hope that before the end of this year or beginning of twenty twenty one, there's a vaccine. And then life slowly gets normal. So if that's if that's the case, because I want to be glass half full, do you think they will allow spectators to come in, assuming that there is a vaccine, things slowly start to get normal, kids get to go back to schools, life gets to be back to where it was, people get to have have some sort of income, and jobs get to be like you know get to be back. I think it would turn into be like the airport. You know what I mean? It'd be like the airport. We already do this thing where, you know, you have to have a quick bag, da, 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 da. So what would happen is probably they'd have to say, okay, look, hand sanitizer, boom. You know what I mean? Like everybody come in. Just like you do in the doctor's office or wherever, you know, there are plenty of places where they just do the light. But if we're at that point for a year, I think, I mean, you see other countries doing it. This is what they do. It's how they live. So, I mean, I think we could, you could absolutely have spectator sports and eliminate the social distancing at that point, um, but you'd probably still be, at least you'd want to do the science of saying, all right, let's go to two-thirds capacity. You know what I mean? You don't want to, I don't think you ever want to go too fast when you're dealing with something with, a, with an illness. You want to make sure you've got enough of a sample size to say, okay, let's go to the next level, because it's a lot harder to bring it back down than to ramp it up. Are, are you a father? Okay, so let's say in September, your your kid's school is open. Are you sending... My daughter's school is not. Like, she's going virtual. Her school starts next week. All right. Okay, but let's say it's it, it allows people to school in September. Would you send your child to school? Nope. Smart man. Uh, I've worked in the public schools. I've worked in the public I worked for the State Department of Education. Okay. I know what school districts have available to them. You know what I'm saying? I know what they have available to them. You think about the poorest school district in your neighborhood, in your, in your city. Think about the poorest district. And you think about a classroom with 30-plus kids, where a yeah, classroom ratio four, is supposed to be four, 20 40 kids are, are, 30, 40 are in my kids. public school yeah. classrooms. So you've got 40 kids in a classroom. 30 kids. Let's just say 30, because they're locked in an inner-city school. 30 kids is going to happen. 35-year-olds. James, hold on, man. And you're telling me those 35, because you're already seeing it in Georgia. First day. First day. The open school already have people that are, are in quarantine, teachers and students. Just saw a seven-year-old die today of COVID-19. A seven-year-old. Wow. So, here's wow. I'm not putting my daughter in that position. As long as we can have distance learning, we'll figure out the rest. 
Now, I, now I'm going to be a glass half full. I think by 2021, I think things will start to get to normal. And we hope, David, that this never, ever, ever, ever happens again in our lifetimes. And I'm praying this doesn't happen. So I got to be a glass half full. I, I can't go you know, through this year and next year that, you know, we still things are still, like, uneasy. There's no vaccine in this virus. No, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be negative. What I'm saying is if, if that was a scenario, then you'd have to be negative. I'm be realistic. But I'm like, dude, yeah, of course we want life to get, I want, I want to get past this because it hurts me professionally. You know, at the very least, as a person, all those things aside. But just, yeah, I'm just, this is my job. I think, I think, I think what's going to happen, and this is just me being realistic, I think the NBA and the NHL, I think they're going to start in, like, January. I don't think they're going to start in, like, December. That's why I don't see the NHL pushing their schedule, and I don't see the NBA pushing their schedule. I think by, like, 2021, I think New Year's Day or something like that is when they're going to see things um, go, go about. Also... They mean they're working on a vaccine and they're in the third stage. So I'm, I'm again, I'm more in the optimistic view. Yeah, I could, I could absolutely see those bubbles fight. Let's say if you get to January, because remember when the NBA had the lockout and it was, they did the uh, 60 game season, they started basically in January. So yeah, you could do you could do 60 games starting in January, and let's say you say we're going to do a bubble for 25 games. Yeah, what if that, you say that's the deal. First 25 games, we're going to bubble, see what things are like, and then by the, by the time we get out of February or early March, hey, we go back to the rest of the season as normal. That would probably be the most likely scenario because I think you'd agree, to, most players would agree to that at, at that point because then you've given them enough time from the end of this season, which would end in October with, a, with, a, with the finals. Even November and December, to be with their families, to regroup and recharge and be prepared mentally. And you give the league two more months to be prepared for all the costs and the things you do to protect those players. Yeah, but yes, would the players want to lose 12 games worth of money? Would you rather lose 12 games worth of money or snap your hamstring because you only had 40 days off between the end of the regular season and the start of the new season? Why would them? Why why would them playing seventy two games still still not let them have two months off? Eighty two. Eighty two. You're trying to get you're trying eventually you're trying to get back to your normal schedule. So if you play sixty, you're back to the ending in the summer. You're able to do your summer league and then start your season again in the in the early I mean late fall. So if you played eighty two and you go deep into the summer. And your draft now is way deep in the summer again, and you're not—you're just not giving your players enough time to give you the best possible product. And that's what you have to have a great product. You can't just keep shoving it out there. Sixty games, people will be there. They'll still come. They'll still pay. The players, what they'll do the program, and look, plus across the, in a, the, the pro sports world, next year is a huge year because baseball labor agreement is up next year. The NBA's labor agreement is up next year. So the players are going to play the season regardless because they know the CBA is going to be open. If it was going to be open this year if they didn't start a season. So it'll be open next year no matter what. We'll be in negotiations for whatever the season is going to look like, whatever the draft is going to look like, whatever eligibility is going to look like. So this will be a huge fight on that side in those two sports. Also, 
official to the only the only sport that has an agreement on the CBA is the NHL. So that's the only NFL. The NFL has theirs for seven more years. Yeah, yeah, the NFL too. Yeah, because yeah, that. So the, the NFL and number three, I don't agree with that. Drafts are terrible. They are restriction of labor, and they don't help teams get better. Uh, so how do you make teams get better? How do you make teams? How do you make teams that are get better? Uh, better management. What do you do? Better management. Show me the teams that have won the lot. How many teams have won the number? You know how many teams have won a championship with the player they drafted number one? There's not many teams develop with the draft and drafting the right players and developing their right players. And that's the whole point. The draft means nothing if you don't know what this fuck you're doing, so you need better management. He's asking so for the next David. In the, 20s, the Spurs drafted in the 20s and the 30s for two decades and kept getting players. So what does the draft do? If you're stupid, you draft bad players. Also, only, people keep saying everybody's going to go to the large market. There are no large markets. Okay, that, that's wow. not Because look, when yeah, is the last, let me explain this. Like, when was the last time a big major free agent signed with the Knicks? When was the last time a major free agent signed with the Knicks? When was the last time a major free agent signed with the Knicks? I'm being serious. I'm a Knicks fan. Wouldn't that be Mellow? No, Mellow was a trade. No. Stottlemyre. Then never. Jones. 
They had to draft Eldon Campbell. They had to draft Lottie Divas. They had to draft the only player that they'd gotten out of that that wasn't in their system. That wasn't a Lakers product that they, with Cedric Sabalos, who was not a superstar, but was it also one time for the Suns. So even in getting checked, everything, Kobe was a trade. Robert Ory was a, was a trade. All those guys were trades. They were no major. The Lakers were making most of their deals through trades. Shaq was the only free agent in that group. Wow. And they had to give away everything to get the space to get Shaq. So if, if, if Jerry West doesn't do a phenomenal job of drafting, it late in the, and again, not at the top of the first round. You know what I'm saying? Not at the top of the first round. Nick Van Hickson was a second-round pick. Oh, Now... Now, 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 what would you do for, for young players again to make a world like have like a G League or some sort? So this is, yeah, that's the importance of things like the, the PCL, the Professional Collegiate League, which David West, you know, former NBA player David West is the CEO of that. And what they're doing is, on their model is, the kids go to college during the year and they play their games in the summer and they develop them that way. They're professionals, though. They pay them a wage. That's what the G League is trying to do as well. To be able to go to school and be able to get paid to play. The NBA has to develop more professional basketball players, and college basketball does not prepare you for the NBA. Zion Williamson didn't learn a damn thing at Duke. What did he learn in high school? You talk about a dude two years removed from playing against children in high school. You saw the high school video. You thought some of those kids were like in eighth grade, they were so small. And then at Duke, who did he play against? that left during that season. It's not like it was where there was a depth of talent for you to go up against. So why would the NBA risk players like Zion, who could have blown his knee out last year at Duke, but he could have been at playing in the G League or already in the NBA? I think that's where the future is going. I think that, and then ultimately, what you're going to have is there are only 15 spots on a roster. So you can't have team, and guys don't all... You can't have four point guards on one team if those are the four best players in the country. That's just not going to work. You know what I mean? So I think players want to be in certain places, and they deserve the right to negotiate. And I think it also forces teams to be better. Because if I know I can be bad and get the number one draft pick, you end up with this tanking thing that everybody wants to end, but you created a system that incentivizes it. Okay, and what's the third thing that the players want? So it's eliminate the draft, limit the salary cap, and press. I think the third thing that they that um that they call them better health care. You know, you look at the veterans post uh, retirement, that's always the big thing is, is how long are you gonna get insurance, how long is your pension gonna last. Um so I think those are real still real concerns. They always are. I mean even in the NFL, they're still fighting over that stuff. Um about players who retired 30 years ago and, and not getting them satisfactory pension. So I think that's going to be the other major issue. All right, all right. How long, how long does insurance last now once they retire for basketball? How long does who? How, how long do they have health covered for when they retire from, from the NBA? It's based, on, it's based on the number of years you play. And the percentage of coverage you get is based on that as well. How much money you earn. There's all it's, it's, you know, there's all these sliding scales for those types of things. All right, so 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 let's use let's use Allen Iverson as an example. I don't know the exact number. I don't have it in front of me, so I couldn't give you the exact number. But I'm just I mean, I just know that that's something that Michelle Roberts talked about. Oh, okay. Now 
championship or Giannis? I don't think the Lakers, look, this is, if Portland gets the eighth, I would be surprised the Lakers lose in the first half. Why are you so disrespectful yeah. to the Clippers? I said, I'm just, what I'm saying is, I don't think the Lakers, I'm not, I didn't say anything about the Clippers. No, 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 James. He he oh. just said the Lakers or the Bucks. So disrespectful. Yeah, I, I think the Clippers are the best team in the West. The Clippers are the exactly. best team in the West. I think the most dangerous team in the West is Portland. Ooh. Because think about it this way. Portland at the eight. Portland's already beat the Lakers up a couple times this year. The Lakers look awful. LeBron looks old. Anthony Davis is doing what I've seen Anthony Davis do for the last seven years, which has come up small in big moments. And so you don't have Avery Bradley. Deion Leaders isn't shooting it well. J.R. Smith isn't shooting it well. Danny Green isn't shooting it well. You don't have enough ball handlers. You don't have anybody who can create for themselves except for LeBron, and he's shooting like crap. And so the Lakers offense is the worst of all the teams in the bubble. And here's Portland. Portland. Damian Lillard torched the Lakers for 50 on Kobe night. Okay, there's no home court advantage for the Lakers. You beat the Lakers in game one there, an older team. There's no, remember round one used to be three days between, and you get all the, tra- there's no travel days now. There's no travel days. You don't play game one, game two, take a day off. Game three, take a day off. Game four, something like that. But it ain't going to be travel. There's no travel days and there's no home court. So I take if, if I'm Portland and you look at that and you have Dane Willard, DJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, who's balling his behind off, Carmelo, who's been playing great in the bubble. And you still have a solid white body when he's motivated. Can give you a 2020 game with three blocks. I mean, Portland matches up really damn well with the Lakers. And if you get in the second round and you got Portland versus Utah, then I could Portland could beat Utah in the second round. So then you talk about you get to the Western Conference Finals, which is where they were last year, and then I would give the Clippers the edge. You know what it is for the Lakers, man? They see LeBron, and then it's the sentimental pick. Most people want. The Lakers to win just for Kobe. If it wasn't for that, nobody would care if the Lakers win. So people are people are letting sentimental stuff mess up their pure thought. I'm telling you right now, the Lakers are not going to win this year's finals. It's not going to happen. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. See again, James is using the sentimental pick. That that's what he's doing. Finals. 
how good does Giannis have to be to even give them a chance? I think he's giving them a great chance because the weakness for the Clippers is inside. And there's no more devastating interior score than Giannis. No one can stop him inside. So if he's, if he's able to do that, the Clippers are going to have to really force him away from the basket. If they can do that, then that makes it much more difficult. But if Giannis gets to play in the post, if, the, if Chris Middleton is hitting shots and keeping Kawhi from hedging, that's, that's what it's going to have to take. You're going to have to get back Donathan, Kyle Forver are going to have to hit shots. So the Clippers are going to make it difficult. That's what they do. They're going to make it difficult for you to score. But the Bucs are, are, are the best defensive team in the league, and they take away layups, and they take away free throws. So that means the Clippers are going to have to shoot it well from the outside. I would say the Bucs have better outside shooting overall than the Clippers. And last question, last question. Be, besides in clutch parts with Kawhi guarding Giannis, maybe, who would you have guarding Giannis the whole night? I think you have to have Harold. I think you have to have Harold as a starter in that situation. And you have to have him because he's the only one who's going to match intensity and physicality with Giannis. He can get underneath him and use some leverage to try to push him off of his spot. He has enough leaping ability to contest shots. And he's going to box out and he's going to rebound. Um, I don't think if you put uh, Zubac or if you put Kawhi on him for long stretches, I'm not trying to get Kawhi in foul trouble. So, I mean, I think you your best bet is to go with Harold because I don't even want to put Morris on him. I don't think Morris can, can defend it. Gotcha. I agree. Um, quick, quick rapid fire for you, David. You know how this works, so I'm going to get right to it. Um, biggest, um, biggest sleeper in the NBA playoffs in the Eastern Conference? In the Eastern Conference? Miami. Western Conference? Portland. Which um which team gets knocked out quicker, the Lakers or the Clippers? Lakers. Um, does Milwaukee have a chance to get knocked out before the top before the final? No. Now the net um does the um you you said before that KD and Kyrie won't win a championship together. Are you still standing by that? Absolutely. <laughs> um, who will be the the, the, the next head coach of? The Brooklyn Nets. Jason Kidd. Yeah. Great. Tom Thibodeau. Um, oh, God. Yes, I know. Uh, we talked about this earlier, and now it's official. Um, project, project the win total for the Knicks. 
for the MLB, NBA. NBA is global. NBA is global. It has too much. NBA is the second most popular sport in the world behind soccer. So and and last quick point. You said you said earlier about Giannis. Um, about Giannis and the Bucks. Like, if Giannis leaves, do you see him going to Miami or Toronto? I would think he, if, if Giannis, if those are the choices, I would think he would go to Toronto before he went to Miami. And this is why I say that. This is why I say that. I'm saying real quick. Because Giannis enjoys the anonymity. He enjoys the fact that he can work on his game without people bothering him. And I think in Miami, then you're in the shadow of Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Shaq and Alonzo Mourning and all these things. No, there's no there's no legacy outside of Abu Jabbar in Milwaukee to change him. And in Toronto, you know, most people they'll, they'll embrace him and love him, and they wouldn't say nothing to him. They treat him like a god. What about the Nets? Ah. The Nets? No, no Nets. No, Nets. Why would he play in the Nets? Why does he want to? Why again? Giannis has no intention to me of building up other people's legacies. Why would he join the Nets and play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to, to make? You know, they both got rings. If he doesn't have one, you know, why is he going to do That's why I think people don't follow LeBron at this point. It's because I don't want to build up your legacy. I want to create my own. And that's what it feels like. And Giannis is nobody's tag along. So where do you think AD will go? I think AD's in LA. He ain't going anywhere because it's not his decision. That's not his decision. You know what his decision is? It's his agent. And he's going to stay in LA. His dad is a part owner of Clutch now. Okay. What? Wow. So AD wow. is not going anywhere. Okay, AD is not leaving LA. So it looks like he'll never win a ring. <laughs> I agree. Um. Well, well, David, I will say that even though the whole Eli Hall of Fame debate got me heated. Um, it was a fantastic episode, David. Thank you for coming on. Like, it, 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 was, it was great, man. And thanks for coming on as always, brother. Anytime, guys. It's always fun. It's always fun. I appreciate it. Always. Well, take man. care, man. Guys, that was the brilliant, brilliant knowing that Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer, David Grubb. Fantastic, fantastic times. Yankees lost 5-4. And DJ LeMay, who continues to show he is the number one hitter on this team. The number one. Yes, yes, better than Judge. Don't don't give me the crap of what Judge did last week. What happened? Judge pitched hit tonight. What did he do? He struck, struck out. out. What did DJ do? Hit a weak ground ball. Safe. Now, yes, the infielder messed up, but it doesn't matter. He got safe. Then he went from first to third like a champ. All right. I'm telling you right now. Give me any clutch situation. Give me DJ over Aaron Judge. All right. If that ball, if that ball, like got got past Riamuto, DJ would have went to second. Then Thompson would have had a hit, and the game would have been tied. But well, I mean that's that's <laughs> um more more importantly, this is something that I saw today that is really cool, and this needs to get out. So, earlier today, Justin Siegel put this out on Twitter and Instagram as well, that Amazon has greenlit 
a league of their own series. And we all we all saw the movie. And I think the series is going to be really, really good. So whenever this comes out, you definitely need to see it. I will see it. And everybody else who loves baseball, you guys should see this.
just can't have men be coaches. That's why I'm going to be really, really excited whenever Becky Hammond becomes the head coach. We need that. Yep. And it just, no, it just, it just needs to happen more. There's, there's not enough representation, and that's just not a great look. I agree, and um, I agree. I think there really, there really needs to be more women in sports, and there should be more women in prominent roles too. But let's let, let's take a step further. There should be more women that owning major league teams, like in, in all the major sports. There should be women working in higher office. She more women scouts. She more women general managers. There needs to be more of those in sports. Like let's let's push for that more. So. I think that's um that's more. And um, lastly, for those who care, I don't. But uh, Kathleen mentioned since Peter Rosenberg loves his golf. For those who really care, Tiger Woods is in contention. He's five. He's three shots off the league at two under. At two under, Justin Day leads at five under. So, for those who care, I don't. But they're golf fans. So, and for the Anita Marks of the world, there you go. So. Also, I want everybody, I want everybody to glue into the TV tomorrow. You're going to glue into the TV tomorrow, and you're going to watch the New York Islanders. And... I won't. I can't. Well, except for you. Oh, who cares? Except for you. And your Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers look to take a series-tying lead. So, So, Saturday... When I see this kid, when I see this wonderful chum, I'll be like, yo, are you Owls Island or are they stroking out? Because your Florida Panthers, you know what your Florida Panthers are, James? Because I'm glad you're a Florida Panther fan. Because your Florida Panthers. So, not only will I make it my business to text James during the game, I'm going to be watching the whole entire game. So, Barton Han, you're probably going to be not not be listening to tomorrow. Oh, no, wait, there's no Barton Han tomorrow. That's right. Be- because of the stupid Islanders. Because of the stupid Islanders. So, so, you know what? But go Florida Panthers. James wants the Panthers. I want the Panthers. We all want the Panthers. Go Florida Panthers. Uh, last quick thing, uh, Montreal plays Canadians at um, four, and I'm rooting, and I hope Montreal wins because that, that makes my dad happy. So. Oh, and did the Miami Marlins win today? Yeah, um, they're winning six to four right now. GW's Marlins. Uh, Yo. Oh, actually, actually, with their time, Orioles came back to tie Okay, but still, even if they lose, and, that's five and two. That's still very good. And lastly, uh, eat the season for, for Houston Astros. That is a stupid everybody down the Alright, guys, we'll be back tomorrow. More women representation in sports. And you know what? That's going to be the title, the title of the episode. Let's go.